your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Here we go, Raider Nation. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast on this Tuesday, August 25th. It's just about the end of the month, August 25th, 2020. Got your boy Q here with you and completely forgot on Monday to mention uh, Kobe Bryant Day. So shout out to Kobe Bryant, 824 on Monday, and I completely forgot to mention that. I had a lot going on in my mind, but uh, either way, uh, definitely want to shout out the kid Kobe Bryant one time and uh, all the great things he did on the hoop court and off the hoop court as well. Uh, definitely want to shout him out and, and not forget about him. So again, shout out to the great Kobe Bryant. Now let's get into today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Uh, got a lot in store for you on today's show. Starting in segment number three, when I have your calls, your texts, even got a tweet, but the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, always wide open like some TV antennas, some old school TV antennas, 707-654-4693. And if you ever want to tweet at me, send me a direct message. You can at your boy Q254. That's the way to get through to me. But I uh, got your calls, texts, and a tweet coming up in segment number three. Segment number two ties into segment number one because it has to do with some of the news and the notes of the day. We're going to talk about Tyrell Williams and how his injury has opened the door for somebody on that Raiders roster. Maybe Brian Edwards, maybe someone else. But either way, I always say ability, your best ability is availability. And Tyrell Williams doesn't seem like he's going to have the best availability in 2020 for the Raiders. So we'll talk all things Tyrell Williams and what his injury does in segment number two. Here in segment number one, like I do on the daily, I want to give you the news and the notes of the day. So off top, the biggest news of the day came from Ian Rappaport. He put it out from NFL Network. He tweeted out about Monday afternoon that Raiders wide receiver Tyrell Williams, who missed Friday's practice at the new stadium, has a torn labrum in his shoulder. He's going to try to play through the injury, uh, but his feet are both uh, healthy, so that's a good thing, but then the bad news is he has a torn labrum in his shoulder that he is going to attempt to go ahead and play through it. It's not the first time he's had a torn labrum. As a matter of fact, this is the third. He's had a torn labrum in both shoulders, and now he has a torn labrum again for the second time in one of his shoulders. So, uh, yeah, not not good. Not good news. The good news is his feet are healthy. Bad news is his labrum is not. So uh, Tyrell Williams is going to attempt to play. He's going to be out of uh, practice for the first couple weeks or next couple weeks, and he's going to try to be ready for the first week of the season against the Carolina Panthers. But he was a guy that the Raiders were expecting to have a lot of production from and be that true number two wide receiver that he was meant to be when he was signed a year ago. And just uh, a, a bad, unfortunate case for him of a guy who just cannot stay healthy. So we'll talk about uh, what this means for him. We'll talk about what he did when he had a torn labrum when he was still in college. We'll also talk about what he did when he had a torn labrum and played when he was still a member of the San Diego Chargers. But either way, you look at that Raiders roster and you look at the lineup and you see all those wide receivers that are sitting behind him and you have to know that the door is open, at least cracked open, for somebody to come up and take that spot. And we'll talk all great details about that coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Uh, Also, wanted to give you some news on some Raider roster moves. They signed on Monday defensive lineman, veteran defensive lineman, Chris Smith to a one-year deal. Smith is a guy who spent the past two seasons with the Browns. Uh, He also played for defensive coordinator Paul Gunther in 2017 after he was traded to the Bengals from the Jaguars, Uh, but he hasn't really done too much in the league. I wouldn't really look too much into this uh, signing. I kind of look at it as just depth. Uh, Again, uh, like most of these signings that have been as of late, something to get these guys through training camp, something to get the Raiders through training camp, uh, kick the tires on them, see what they they have in him just in case. You know, sometime in the season if they need to, to 
call someone and say, hey, uh, you know, this guy just went down. I need you to to be here and, and fill in and come in and be the guy. Uh, they could be the guy. So really just kind of kicking the tires, seeing what this guy has. But I don't believe it's too much to look into uh, in a corresponding move because they had to make a roster spot. They uh, moved on from uh, Nick Usher. He was given an injury settlement and uh, he's been released. So Chris Smith in, Nick Usher out. Also on Monday, the Raiders did not have their practice that they're expecting to have. They instead turned it into a walkthrough. But following the walkthrough, a couple Raiders talked to the media, tight end Foster Moreau and fullback Alec Ingold. I wanted to bring you some sound from Foster Moreau. I thought he uh, had a lot of good things to say in his in his media session. So I'm just going to bring you a few sound bites real quick. First of all, the first question was uh, how he was able to bounce back from that late season knee surgery, even though he did not have the benefit of a normal offseason. But still, he's out there. He's running. He looks like he's at full speed he looks healthy doesn't have a limp how was he able to work back from that um i mean i won't lie to you it was difficult um put it puts you in a, in a difficult situation uh where the guidance isn't really there every day you know it's it's not an everyday routine kind of thing and and that's kind of what athletes and and successful people thrive off of is is being able to to monitor and mirror their routine um and kind of cater it to the things that they need to do um to be successful day in and day out. So uh, through COVID, I mean, it was kind of difficult to be able to meet up with people and um, and get back on the recovery track and do all the things that you wanted to do. Um, kind of had to, I mean, spend a lot of hours alone, kind of doing it myself and, and self-monitoring um, how my recovery is supposed to go. Uh, and right now we're feeling great. Right now we're feeling great. There was, there was a lot of work that was put into this. Um, I can't thank the training staff here enough. I can't thank uh, A.J. Nibel and his staff enough. Um, and definitely the guys down at LSU that did my surgery. Um, namely, uh, Brent Bankston, who was the surgeon. Namely, um, Jack Marucci and his staff. Uh, and the day in, day out type stuff. Um, with my guy Derek Calvert down there, who's our, um, who, who was one of our physical therapists. Uh, it was tough, but I feel great, and I, uh, I think I'm ready to go. I think it was in the summer when we were running routes over at, over at Olympia Sports Park. I think that was kind of when things started to come together. So that's awesome right there, hearing from Foster Moreau, hearing the work that he had to do to get back, and he said it wasn't easy. You know, he had to bust his tail off, but that's what hungry guys do. That's what guys that want to be on the field and contribute to their team, that's what they do to get back quick, fast, and in a hurry. And like he said, man, it looked like right around the time when they were practicing in the park that he was really getting back. And I, I remember even talking about it here on the podcast – when he was out there practicing at the park, I'm thinking, man, this dude ain't got no knee brace on. He looks like he's going full speed. He, he looks like he's, you know, he's good to go. So let's continue with uh, off-season workouts in the park. One of the questions that was asked to him, and I believe Paul Gutierrez from ESPN asked him this question, how important were those off-season workouts in the park? And now that he's out there running with the guys in training camp, does he have a better idea how much speed Henry Ruggs III really does have? It's funny. Uh, funny you talk about running next to people, running next to people and understanding their speed. Um, you don't really understand it as much uh, until you're actually running next to these guys. Uh, I don't run next to rugs that much because of field spacing issues, obviously. Um, but you could you could tell the guy could fly. And, and on the topic of the workouts, I think it was pivotal for our team and definitely for Derek to understand the timing. I mean, we brought a bunch of free agents and we got a lot of offensive rookies that Derek needed to learn their timing on certain routes. And obviously they needed to learn Derek's. Um, so it was a big, it was a big, big thing for us uh, to be able to get out there and, and to get guys out a little earlier than, than the schedule kind of dictated. Uh, that was big. 
that, that was definitely big for us. Uh, but funny enough, like, I never really knew how fast Darren was. And obviously, Darren's very, very fast. Very, very fast, obviously. Until you're kind of like, until you're running next to him. And he actually has something in front of him that he wants. And he's actually going to get something that he wants. I mean, there's really no slowing that guy down. His speed is ridiculous. Henry Ruggs has great speed. Uh, I think we got great speed across the board, and, and that's what we brought in. I love it because when you talk about speed, you're always going to talk about Henry Ruggs III because that's kind of what everyone hangs their hat on when it comes to him. But he's talking about there's speed everywhere. Darren Waller's got speed. A lot of playmakers have speed out there on the field for the Raiders, and that's something that they really, really needed to have. You know, just have that team speed if they want to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know people get tired. Raider Nation gets tired of hearing about the Chiefs and competing with the Chiefs. But bottom line, that's exactly what you're doing is competing with the Chiefs. Can you beat the Chiefs? If you can beat the Chiefs, then you have an opportunity at the division and you obviously have an opportunity at a nice run in the playoffs. But uh, again, you've got to be able to beat the Chiefs. And I mean, you got to beat every team in your division, but you really got to figure out how to beat the defending Super Bowl champions. So how does Foster Moreau feel the offense is coming along? Here's his thoughts. I think it's going really well, uh, especially for the amount of time that, that we kind of lost in, uh, in the spring, you know, over the summer. Um, I think we've really made great jumps, great leaps. Um, just done a, a, an exceptional job, especially at the rookie level, um, and kind of get everyone, getting everyone acclimated to, to the speed at which we expect guys to learn. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a difficult offense to, to wrap your head around. Um, a lot of verbiage, but I think guys have really done a good job of picking up on things, and we're flying around the field. So more positivity right there from the second-year tight end, Foster Moreau, talking about the offense, uh, thinks things are going really well. Uh, they lost a lot of time in the offseason, but they feel like that they're coming along pretty quickly, and they should be ready for week one against the Carolina Panthers, which is what they got to do. They got to be ready, and they got to take it week by week. Carolina Panthers will be a good test out the gates, but then, boom, you all of a sudden got a huge test when it comes to New Orleans Saints week two. And then, of course, week five, you got that big test against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. So the offense hopefully by week five hopefully the defense will be coming along and clicking as well the final clip I wanted to play for you from Foster Moreau in his media session on Monday was just about himself what did he learn about himself and the NFL game in his rookie season that he could take into year two and help improve what he's doing on the field something to build on uh, I, I think in my rookie year I developed a really good routine um, a really good routine every day that uh, that I kind of learned to follow and and do a great job of of understanding where I needed to allocate my time during the week in order to be successful on Sunday. Um, and, and I've kind of carried that over and, and added some things into it. Um, you learn to watch film better. You know, you learn how to recover um, like efficiently. You know, you're not just, you're not just doing ice and stem just, uh, just for the kicks of it, just because someone told you to go recover. Um, you know exactly what you want to do during the week and uh, I think that's invaluable. As, as a player, knowing where to put your time. Scott Goldbranson asked that question, but that was my question. That was the question that I texted to him. It was like, hey, man, if you get one good question in, make sure you get this question in because I always like to hear how players think and how they think their rookie year went and how they could build off of that. So he's talking about knowing what to do with his body, knowing how to rest, knowing how to study film, all that. I mean, that stuff is invaluable right there. If you could learn that kind of stuff early on in your career and how to really take care of yourself, then the longevity of your career will be awesome. So I really, really thought that that was an important question, not 
just because I was asking it, but I just thought it was a really, really good question. Now, the final piece of news or nugget I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast comes from Mike Silver of NFL Network. I'm not a big Mike Silver guy, uh, but I got to give him credit where credit's due. A lot of times he has uh, the facts and he has a good story. He has it right. I just, something about him, the way he comes off, I just, I'm not a big fan of us. But anyway, he was talking about, and you can check it out on NFL.com if you want to. He was talking about the Raiders and how they have so much confidence inside the building. Not a lot of people nationally are giving them a lot of love. Now, if you heard Hondo Carpenter on a Monday on Silver and Black Today on Raider Nation Radio 920, he's got a lot of confidence in the Raiders. But inside the building, according to Mike Silver, they have a lot of confidence. Here's what he had to say on NFL Network on Monday afternoon. The original plan when John Gruden came back to coaching was, you know what? We'll just outscore everybody. And they may be able to do that this year uh, to some degree. And, you know, I know David knows that quietly – This team's not getting a lot of hype, but in that building, they are unbelievably optimistic about what this offense might be able to do. They think their offensive line is the best in football. Uh, The play-action threat that Josh Jacobs, a a true bell cow back behind that line, can give them is real. Um, We've heard about Ruggs. They drafted a guy in the third round, Brian Edwards, who is a bit of a beast on the line of scrimmage, and uh, they think he can give that wide-out group a real push as well. And then, of course, it comes back to Derek Carr, and, and I'm hearing unbelievably good things about Derek Carr in terms of comfort level, decision-making, leadership, command of the offense in year three. So there may be, you know, in our world, there may be a lot of noise about Derek Carr, and I get it. It's understandable given the record the last couple of years. But if they do what, even part of what they think they're capable of in, inside that building, he's going to have a monster season. So Raider Nation always ask about how come national people, how come national media don't give the Raiders some love? Well, there's some right there. Mike Silver's giving the Raiders some love right there and saying about how much confidence that they have inside the building. And that's not him just saying, oh, I'm looking at this Raiders roster and thinking it's going to be really good. He's hearing from people inside the building the confidence and they feel like what they can do and make some big strides as far as the offense goes and that they could be a really stinking good offense in 2020. So that's exciting to hear and uh, hopefully you start to hear a little bit more before the season gets going and hopefully all these national guys and local guys are right uh, again Hondo Carpenter I, I encourage you to go listen to the interview that myself and Scott Goldbranson did with him on Monday afternoon he's from SI.com uh, he's from Raiders Maven he does a really good job and he is fired up about the Raiders and uh, he had a lot of good things to say about the team the roster the personnel things you've heard me say here on the on the uh, on the podcast but just kind of confirming it from a guy who's out there at practice and has been seeing what he sees so that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, we're going to talk about the guy that led off segment number one. That's Tyrell Williams and his torn labrum, what that means for the rest of the guys on the roster, how that opens up a door for the rest of the guys on the roster. We'll do that on the other side in segment number two. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about a couple different companies, a couple different products. The first one is DoorDash. DoorDash is something that I've been very comfortable with using uh, because I'm a guy that is always on the go, 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 go. I'm going from one radio station to another, one show to another 
one podcast to another. I mean, I just keep it moving. I try to figure out how to maximize every minute in a 24-hour day. I mean, and, and you think I'm lying. I'm not. That's absolutely not stretching the truth. That is the way I think. If I got 24 hours in a day, I'm going to try to use every ounce of it. So uh, DoorDash is something that I've become very familiar with. And the reason why is because I can sit there and open up the app on my phone, use it, and it goes. I mean, they got over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, Australia. It don't matter what it is, man. Your favorite restaurant, something local, or maybe a national chain. It doesn't matter. They got you covered like an old school Jimmy hat. It's really, really easy to pick your favorite local restaurants and, uh, you know, just have them come to your door. And look, you they even have contactless delivery drop-off setting. So you don't even have to make contact with the delivery driver. We all know that everyone's practicing social distancing right now, so that's a good thing. So if you think that you want to use DoorDash, all you got to do is go download the DoorDash app, first of all. So all listeners of the Locked On Raiders podcast right now can get $5 off, zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. You got to download the DoorDash app and then enter the promo code Locked On. $5 off your, your order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and use the promo code Locked On. So one more time for the people in the back row, that's code Locked On, $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Now I want to tell you about something that, well, I've never told you about before, and it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent. A lot of folks started school on Monday. If you're a stay-at-home parent, maybe that's you. Or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day, right? Well, our good friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. And it don't take long, right? for life to get very chaotic. So CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. So if your back aches every single morning when you wake up and you try to stretch that thing out, CBD Freeze with Menthol you could use. Or how about CBD Recover? It combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds with Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier right now to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all listeners of the Locked On Raiders podcast 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Once again, CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONNFL for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to give a deep dive into this Tyrell Williams injury situation and what this does, what this means moving forward for the rest of the wide receivers that are on the roster. Obviously, Brian Edwards is the guy, the rookie out of South Carolina, is the guy that everybody's been talking about. They were talking about him before the Tyrell Williams injury, but now uh, this opens up the door for a guy like Brian Edwards even more than that. But look, let's take a deep dive into this whole situation and really kind of talk about it and break it down. I mean, I easily could just come on here and say, well, Brian Edwards is going to be the guy. But let's first of all, let's let's take a, a couple thoughts about it and let's go a couple different directions and kind of break this down. First of all, Vic Tafer pointed out on Twitter, don't bury Tyrell Williams yet. He did play his final call season at Western Oregon with the torn labrum in his same right shoulder and finished with 56 catches, 950 yards and eight touchdowns. 
He had surgery. Then he played the last five games for the Chargers with the same injury in 2016, had 18 catches, 269 yards, and two more touchdowns. So he's proven that he could play with the injury. It's just less than ideal. And the reason it's less than ideal for Tyrell Williams is because the Raiders have other dudes on the roster. It's not like they're even what they were last year where they look so uh desperate you know I guess that's the best word to say desperate the cupboard was bare as far as talent you know they really didn't have a whole lot of options why Darren Waller became the go-to guy why Hunter Renfro became the go-to guy which was great because it showed that they can really step up if have to if they need be but the Raiders did a really good job of going out there and filling up the wide receiver cupboard and uh, and having some options there now Brian Edwards is the natural choice because everyone has been talking about him in a major way in camp like he's he's doing some big things and he was going to take Tyrell Williams spot anyway but as many people have pointed out to me on Twitter, if that's the case, you're opening the door to having two rookies start as wide receivers. And I'm not saying it's impossible because Brian Edwards was expected to be, or he thought he was going to be a first round draft pick, uh, similar to Henry Ruggs, but he had that foot injury. So he fell to the third round. So maybe you're looking at two first round pick wide receivers, but either way you look at it, like many people pointed out, it's still two rookies starting. So, yeah, that's a little bit of a, you know, a concern right there. You want to make sure that these guys are up to speed and know exactly what they're doing. This offseason's been crazy. We've talked about it so many times. No uh, real offseason, no OTAs, no rookie minicamp. You know, the first time that they actually get on the grass, no preseason, the first time they're going to get on the grass and, uh, you know, take their first snap will be real live action week one against the Carolina Panthers on the road. So that is something to think about and, and is a concern. So if you go down the depth chart a little bit more, and I know I've been very bullish on some of these guys like a Nelson Aguilar like a Zay Jones like a Rico Gafford I mean there's there's a lot of different dudes that are on the roster uh like a Keelan Doss I mean you know there's there's multiple guys that have an opportunity and Tyrell Williams has kind of opened up the door cracked that door open to allow these guys to step in so maybe Zay Jones who uh, has also has been pointed out as the first guy that got to Vegas and started working out with Derek Carr early while the pandemic was going on early in March you know when when they first got down to Vegas him and him and DC got together first at the park and were running routes all the time so Zay Jones is on the same page with Derek Carr they're very comfortable with each other John Gruden also traded for Zay Jones it's something that was pointed out multiple times I don't have a lot of faith and confidence in Zay Jones but maybe this is the opening that he needs. So look out for a guy like him to be able to step up. A lot of guys, including Vinny Bonsignor from uh, the Las Vegas Review-Journal and also Raider Nation Radio 920. He does Inside the Huddle, following Silver and Black Today, following the show that myself and Scott Goldbranson does. And he's very high on Nelson Aguilar. You know, he said that he has a few issues, a few drops here and there, but he he has a lot of confidence that this dude could play. And he's a seasoned veteran, and so he's a guy to look out for. And again, I'm very bullish on him I, I don't have a lot of confidence on him in him because he does put the ball on the ground I think that's one of the biggest issues that Derek Carr has faced throughout his career is wide receivers that put the ball on the ground even when he had Michael Crabtree and and Amari Cooper they both put the ball on the ground quite a bit so he's been plagued with guys that drop the ball so I'm not a big fan of Nelson Aguilar because I think he fights the ball too many times but maybe he's on the same page and, and again this injury to Tyrell Williams if he can't be 100 percent and I got to give him credit for even going out there and trying to be the dude. He's obviously done it multiple times in his career, uh, even in college and in the pros. But you got to give him credit for that. But really, the reason why he's doing it and making sure he does it is because he pretty much has to. 
because there is that young dude in Brian Edwards that's sitting right behind him that's been uh, catching all the headlines at training camp. And there are multiple guys that are uh, in this locker room. Keelan Doss, I still don't think that he's going to be uh, the end-all, be-all. I, I have very little faith in him. But like Vinny po- pointed out on, uh, on Monday afternoon when he was doing a little crosstalk with us when he was about to come on, yeah, if Keelan Doss is your fifth or sixth wide receiver, then cool. But he's not a guy that's going to compete for that number two spot, uh, not even close, you know. And so uh, we, even when the Raiders moved on from, from Keelan Doss, I remember saying, look, he was not all that. He was a guy that was a, a hard knocks uh, um, uh, darling. You know, a lot of people liked him because they saw him on the show and they, they oh, man, we got to keep that guy. got to keep that guy. But you could tell that he had a long way to go before he was going to be a, a finished product. And I believe he still does. So I don't expect a whole lot from him. But. You know, I think that the competition now just ratchets up that much more. Again, Tyrell Williams is going to try to fight off everybody, but now all of a sudden you've created some real deal competition between Zay Jones, between Nelson Aguilar, between Brian Edwards. I mean, there's, there is a lot of dudes out there that are competing for this spot, and they all feel like they have a good shot at it because Tyrell Williams has this little crack in it by, by being injured. And I always say that the best ability is availability, and it just seems like throughout his career – uh, Tyrell Williams is just not always available. It's just, it's one of those labels that you hate to get, but it's injury prone. And that's what he is. You know, they were, they gave him big money to come over and be uh, the number two wide receiver to AB. We all know that that didn't work out. He was a number one guy for a little while, but he's not, he's not meant to be a number one guy. He's not built to be the number one guy. And if he can't stay on the field, he's not even built to be a number two guy. When he's out there, is he good? Absolutely. You know, but uh, even so in the second half of, of last season, when he came back from the original injury, uh, the foot injuries, uh, he he still was fighting the ball. He's putting the ball on the ground. Uh, I, I point out that Houston Texans game. Uh, that was a game where he uh, almost single-handedly lost it by putting a few balls on the ground. Uh, Could have scored, helped the, the Raiders score a couple more times and, and uh, win that game. But there was multiple reasons why the Raiders lost that one. But either way you look at it, he just seems like a guy who, for one reason or another, cannot be counted on 100%. So the Raiders at this point, who are not a desperate team anymore, are not desperate just to throw a guy out there because, well, they, they don't have any other talent. They don't have anyone else. Uh, they, they are going to be very selective now. So there's a lot of different dudes that are on the roster that are going to get this opportunity. Uh, personally, you know, I mentioned that it's going to be tough for a guy like uh, uh, Brian Edwards to be out there starting with Henry Ruggs starting as well. That's two rookies starting. But I'll just, if I had to bet money, which I don't, if I had to bet money, I would say it's going to be those two guys that are going to get the start. Uh, I feel like there's enough veteran leadership in that locker room that'll help those guys get up to speed. And even if Brian Edwards doesn't start immediately, I mean, he's going to be in pretty quick, fast, and in a hurry. I just, I, that's, that's just my gut feeling. I just think that he's going to do enough in training camp to, to turn the heads of the coaching staff, turn the heads of uh, uh, Derek Carr, who's already talked about him and kind of compared him to Michael Crabtree and uh, Devontae Adams and said that, you know, he has that same skill where they could just throw that fade. That could be their play at the goal line. Just throw that fade, and Brian Edwards is going to go up there and get the ball. He talked about him glowingly. Uh, weeks ago when training camp first opened up. So uh, nothing has changed right there. So my gut feeling tells me that Brian Edwards, the rookie, finds a way to make it happen. And uh, I also feel like Brian Edwards is one of those guys that if you let him get on the field, if you say, okay, hey, hey, I need you to go take some reps real quick because, say, Tyrell Williams can't get on the on the field or, or can't go uh, for a little while. Maybe he gets banged up. Maybe Tyrell Williams starts, and then he goes down and injures his, his uh, shoulder, and all of a sudden Brian Edwards comes in like four or five reps into the game. I feel like he's one of those dudes that just won't come off the field. 
once he gets on the field, he says, hey, you can't get rid of me now. And there's guys like that. There's absolutely dudes that have made a living, made a killing. Hell, Hunter Renfro, when he came back in the second half of the season last year, he showed that he really is not a guy that needs to come off the field too often either because he was very uh, available for Derek Carr. He made himself uh, available all the time. He sat down in the zone and, and just gave, showed him the numbers and uh, you know became a go-to guy. Darren Waller, I don't even have to speak on him. Henry Ruggs III, you know they're going to have a lot of, uh, of offensive uh, plays written up for him just to get the ball in his hands and use that speed. Uh, Foster Moreau talked about him, excited about the two tight end set between him and Darren Waller. And then you're just looking at that other wide receiver position. Who's going to get a hold of that? Is it going to be Tyrell Williams? Is he going to be able to fight off the rookie uh, with the torn labrum? He's going to try, and I, I, I give him credit for that, but it's not going to be easy at all. And I think that Brian Edwards is just going to be chomping at the bits. And, of course, no one ever wants to see their teammate get injured. But he also knows that, you know what, I probably should have been a first-round draft pick. Let me show you why. And so he's dying to get that out there on the field, show he's 100% healthy. And, again, uh, if anyone's been listening to this podcast for a long time, immediately after they drafted Edwards, I said he won't get a lot of action in uh, 2020. He's a guy that's going to get most of his action in 2021 once Tyrell Williams' contract uh, is movable where he can just uh, move on from him with no dead money. But I think that this uh, situation with Brian Edwards is really getting fast-tracked. I've been trying to downplay it and, and really not buy into the hype too much because he is a rookie, but it just feels like, it just seems like, again, this is from a distance, it seems like this dude is the real deal. So it could be Nelson Aguilar that goes out there and gets the burn across from Henry Ruggs, and from all sounds, all, all people's uh, reporting, that, that would be okay as well. Zay Jones might get it, but if I had to bet money, I feel like I'd put it on Brian Edwards. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if Tyrell Williams kind of buried himself by not having the, you know, not being able to stay healthy. And it's unfortunate because he's a good dude. You know, he's a good teammate. He wants to be out there supporting his guys. But this is a NFL stands for not for long. And it's a league of what have you done for me lately? So uh, that's how guys get get passed up real quick. That's how careers end when guys just can't be counted on, when they're just not as healthy as they need to be. And that could be the case with Tyrell Williams. You know, hope for the best for him. But at the same time, know that he's got a tough battle now, now that he's dealing with the torn labrum. And he's got some young guys behind him that are very, very healthy. And I say they're all young guys, even though, you know, uh, Nelson Aguilar has been in the in the league for a while, but they're still very, fairly young, all of them. Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar, Rico Gafford, and of course the rookie, Brian Edwards. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it shakes out. But you can let me know your thoughts at 707-654-4693. How concerned are you with possibly two rookies starting? Is that a no-go no for you? Or is it something that you feel like uh, they can overcome by the veteran leadership that they have in the locker room? Let me know your thoughts. As a matter of fact, your thoughts are coming up next in segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get into that, though, I got to tell you about my good friends at rockauto.com. You know what I always tell you? They're a family business. They've been serving auto park customers online for 20 years years rockauto.com that's the site you go to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers and they got everything big stuff engine parts to small stuff like brake parts or tail lamps motor oil carpet if you need carpet they got that if you're trying to restore your car they got parts for that as well everything you need in just a few easy clicks and it's delivered directly to your door i don't know if your ups guy or your fedex guy is like mine but mine don't even ring the doorbell mine just goes ahead and throws it on the door and throws it on doorstep and then bounces but either way it's going to come straight to your door uh, rockauto.com catalog is unique and very easy to navigate all the parts available for your vehicle you choose the brand specifications and the prices that you prefer best of all 
Prices at rockauto.com, they're always super low. And the same for the professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? The only thing about that is you got to know how to use the parts. Once you buy the parts at the same price as the professionals, you got to know what to do with it. I don't, but you probably do. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there, make sure you put Locked On Raiders Podcast. That's how you heard about them. And uh, they'll know that I did my job and I sent you to them. So it's a great selection, super low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your time to shine, your calls, your texts, and even a tweet coming up right now in this segment. Only have a few minutes. Don't have a, enough time to get into a bunch of these calls. Uh, segment number one and segment number two went a little bit longer than, uh, than normal. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. First off is a tweet from Eddie Thomas. And before I get into this tweet, I'm going to go ahead and sound the alarm one time because Eddie Thomas at Eddie underscore Lee 77 is a new booty. Matter of fact, got a lot of new booties on today's show and in the next couple of days. But he says, hey, this is Eddie from Oklahoma. I'm completely new to your podcast, and I'm happy and confident to say that I found my go-to show for all the Raiders news I could ask for. Appreciate the work. My question to you is about the Tyrell Williams injury. I know many people are expecting Edwards to come in and take his spot. However, we are talking about Edwards and Ruggs possibly starting, and neither of them have yet to see a live snap, not to mention an offseason with no OTAs, and as we know, no preseason. How confident are you that our offense can still get it done effectively, efficiently with the weapons we have? Can you see Williams eventually getting cut? What's your take on the situation? Again, that's from Eddie Thomas at Eddie underscore Lee 77 on Twitter. And uh, thank you for that. And that goes with what uh, I was talking about in segment number two. So that's a, a good follow up right there. And I personally could see Williams making that uh, that that move and, and being out there and really going ahead and, and trying to fend off the, the rookie as much as possible and still giving it the old college try because he's done it. He did it in college. He did it, uh, you know, in the pros with San Diego. Now he's going to have to do it for a third time and try to go out there and be effective. But if for any any minute he's not an effective player, whether he's, uh, you know, just not getting it done or he's just uh, you could just tell he's out there struggling due to injury. Uh, I think Brian Edwards is going to take that spot. And I do realize that Edwards and Ruggs are two rookies and neither one of them have, have had one down yet in the NFL. But. Sometimes you just got to roll with what you got, you know, and I think that uh, Edwards is making enough uh, noise so far in in training camp that uh, the team is pretty excited about him. Derek Carr has trust in him, and that goes a long way. I think that that's one of the key things. Derek Carr has trust in him, and I'm not saying he doesn't trust Aguilar. I'm not saying he doesn't trust Zay Jones because I believe he does. Uh, I don't know if he trusts Rico Gafford or not. Uh, Again, I always sound like I'm dumping on him, but I just don't see how he fits in the equation, but uh, I think Tyrell Williams, uh, this will be the last year of him with the Raiders regardless. I think he's going to do the very best he can to stay on the field this season. But eventually, I think that uh, Brian Edwards is going to take that spot if he doesn't go ahead and do it immediately from the jump. But um, that, that's my takes on the situation, similar to what I was talking about in segment number two. Got a call from Border Jumper Raider. He's calling in to talk about Derek Carr and what he believes everyone's true thoughts and feelings are on him, regardless of what you hear or what people might say. Here he is, Border Jumper Raider. Two. Locked On Podcast Raider family. I wanted to, uh, this is Border Jumper Raider. I wanted to chime in on uh, some uh, something I thought. Sometimes I think of crazy things, like Josh Rosen. And now I came up with this theory. It's a crazy one, but maybe it might make sense to you. It might not be that crazy. They have these uh, Derek uh, Carr haters. These are not really haters. I imagine that mostly... Uh, Haters um, 
we go by that credo, just win, baby. And that's all we want. Now, I know that these so-called haters, when it comes game time, game day, they'll be cheering on Derek Carr. They want Derek Carr to win, and that's what we want. We just want to win, baby. We don't, I don't think anybody really hates Derek Carr. We wanted to see some consistency. We wanted to see a pattern. And I know we're headed that way. It appears that we're headed in that direction of just winning baby. We want to, because uh, that's what we've always wanted. We've been to the playoffs the last 2002-2016. Man, that's a major drought, you know, of not appearing in the playoffs. And um, I'm a long-time Raiders fan. Since 1971, my mom sat me down to watch this game. And, you know, I, uh, that's all I want. I just want to win, baby. I don't care who wears the quarterback, but I just want to win, baby. So I'm with those haters that that's all we want. We just want to win. Border Jumper, thanks for uh, those two minutes. Out. There he is right there, Border Jumper Raider. And look, I think you're spot on. You know, I know folks have what they say and, and they have their feelings on Derek Carr and they say they can't stand him. Uh, and, and maybe they don't. That's fine. But I'll tell you, when it comes to Sunday, regardless of how you feel about him or anyone else on the team, you want the team to win. I mean, if you're really a true Raider fan, you absolutely want him to win the game. Regardless if you don't want him to be there next year or you hope that he gets replaced at some point, that's fine. But you still aren't going to root for the team to lose. I, it just doesn't make any sense. Scott Goldbranson pointed that out the other day on a – he put out a piece on Silver and Black Today on the website, and he was talking about that. And some people took it the right way, and some people didn't understand what he was trying to say. But look, if you're a Raider fan, a, a diehard Raider fan, you're never rooting for the team to lose. That wouldn't make any sense. So yeah, Border Jumper Raider, you're right about that. Uh, next up is a text from a Refrigerator Raider out of a Seaside. He says, Yo Q, it's Refrigerator Raider trying to keep my cool in Seaside, California. The state is burning and air quality is terrible. The Raiders couldn't go to Napa, but they wouldn't want to be there now anyway. Try to keep those communities and those in the Gulf Coast in your thoughts as we close in on a meaningful football. And I hope little homie turns up safe and sound. Keep the faith, Q. That's from Refrigerator Raider out of Seaside. Yeah, for those that don't know, little homie, my turtle is missing. Went missing on Saturday. And, um, yeah, uh, I'm keeping the faith. I keep looking outside, like, all the time to see if he's there. He always goes underneath the barbecue pit, and uh, I've been looking all day, uh, all day long. I continue to go outside and look and hoping that he shows up. But to no avail, he has not shown up yet. Maybe somewhere he found a little uh, female turtle, and he's hanging out with her and chilling. Uh, but I don't know. Either way you look at it, man, he's definitely not around. But thank you so much for that text. And, yeah, definitely keep uh, all the, the Bay Area, uh, you know, communities and all the communities uh, in the Gulf Coast. And everyone has got some uh, weather issues going on right now. Definitely uh, prayers out to them because that is some serious business. So thank you so much for that text. Appreciate you. Next up and probably final call of the show is from T. Wolvie. He's also a guy I got to sound the alarm for because T. Wolvie is a noob booty. Calling in to talk about team identity, his thoughts on Earl Thomas, and who he believes the unsung hero on the offensive side of the ball is. Here goes T. Wolvie, a new booty, right here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Hey, Q. This is T. Wolvie out of the 615. Uh, just checking in with you, first-time caller here, so that makes me a new booty. Uh, we had chatted on Twitter a little bit about the identity of this team and uh, how it correlates to their championship teams of the past and how other teams have uh, have mirrored their, their identities to win championships. Had a couple thoughts. Let's skip Earl Thomas because uh, we don't need him. We have too much depth uh, with Heat. Don't forget Eric Harris. He's going to ball. Uh, and, of course, 
Abrams going to be smacking people back there. So uh, I just wanted to say um, I think the unsung hero of the offense, and if you look at Gruden's offenses, he loves his fullbacks. And what Alec Ingold did last year was just carve up lanes for, for Josh Jacobs. And uh, I think he's going to get a couple red zone touchdowns too. So, uh, you know, he, he might steal some from the fantasy cats out there that are taking Jacobs. But uh, a lot runs through the fullback in, in Gruden's offenses. So, uh, and he's young and hungry, and, and he's got the talent and skills, and uh, I think that's going to be a good thing for us this year. So let's not overlook that fullback position. Most teams do, but I think he's going to do good things and uh, open up some lanes for Jacobs with that monster offensive line. Just wanted to say that. Keep doing the good work, man. One love, Raider Nation. See you. There's T. Wolvie right there, new booty here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. And first off, talking Alec Engel, he's absolutely going to be an important part of the offense. Very important, very critical. Uh, he also talked to the media on Monday and is fired up. He said he was fired up about how much he's going to be used and what they're asking him to do in 2020. So, yeah, no doubt about it. You're spot on. He's going to be a big-time factor. Uh, I agree. No need for Earl. And from everything that we've heard on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Monday from uh, Hondo Carpenter, Jonathan Abram has looked like the guy everyone is expecting him to be. That's a very positive sign. I've been very, you know, kind of, hey, just going to wait-and-see approach when it comes to Jonathan Abram. But uh, Hondo Carpenter was very high on him. He said he's a guy who can stop on a dime and give you nine cents. So uh, that's, that's high praise right there from Hondo Carpenter. He's basically saying that Jonathan Abram is going to make everybody better on that back end of the defense so excited to see what uh you know what's going to come from that and look that's a guy who's out there all the time at the actual practices seeing what's going on so he's up closer than I ever will be you know he's he's up there up close and personal where I am not so I, I got to take the word of a guy like that Hondo Carpenter from uh, Sports Illustrated who was a guest on the Silver and Black Today show on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Monday with myself and Scott Goldbranson. So that's all I got for you today. Uh, thank you for the feedback. Continue to give it to me, 707-654-4693. You can also hit up me on Twitter, at your boy Q254. Again, at your boy Q254. So we'll be back at it again tomorrow. Uh, we'll be talking about, well, we'll have a lot of plenty of stuff to talk about. You never know how things break and shake out in, in training camp. But, of course, we'll have more uh, news and notes of the day. We'll have more calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. And like I said, we'll definitely have a lot of good stuff to talk talk about so until then Raider Nation stay safe wash your hands take care of your family and your loved ones do what you got to do wear your mask most importantly just win baby this is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the invitation to Lexus sales event now for April 1st get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive experience amazing at your Lexus dealer Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024.